Hey everyone, so this is Guan and my first podcast. We're calling it Chit Chat with Guan and Millie. So this is as this is our first podcast to kick it off, we're going to be introducing different topics as we go along, but we just wanted to come in and introduce ourselves and kind of give you a sense of who we are. So to kind of kick it off, Guan, who are you? Hi, I'm Guan. <laughs> yeah, so hi everyone. Welcome to our first episode. Um, my name is Guan. I, I was born and raised in China, and I moved to U.S. when I was in college. So I have been living in the U.S. for 12 years. I first moved to New York and then moved to Los Angeles. Um, yeah, and then uh, we are, we're colleagues. We both worked on the same project mm-hmm. for the past year. Um, uh, besides working, I'm also doing a part-time MBA at Berkeley Haas. So very excited about this podcast. It was Millie's idea. Well, it was both our ideas, so I won't take the credit. Um, but let me introduce myself. So I'm Millie. Just one thing about Guan is that she lives in LA and I live in Seattle. Um, so as she said, we came to know each other through a project at our consulting firm a year ago. Kind of came up to her because I don't think I've told Guan this. She was the only other Asian person in the project. So it was nice to see a familiar, you know, sense of familiarity in the project. Um, I'm born and raised in Vancouver, Canada. Been there for about 26 years until recently I moved to the US, specifically Seattle, in the height of pandemic. So kind of going into why are we doing this podcast, feel free to jump in, Guan. I think Guan yeah. and I just talked. Good question. Um, Guan and I were talking about this, I think, a week or so ago, and we just wanted to do something different. Guan has a whole wealth experience from immigrating from China to U.S. I have my you know, view of being an outsider while working in the U.S. for the past year and a half, that now I'm living in the U.S., that I had a bit of a culture shock, and we just wanted to talk about it. And we're going to try this out because you know, doing this recording, we're going to see how this works, but also just bring in people from different, you know, aspects of life to talk about, you know, their experience growing up in the U.S., but also the experience working in the company, specifically our company, but also different companies. We're going to dive into resumes. We're going to dive into just how we, specifically me and Guan, experience our life in the U.S. Yeah, hopefully we can also find some good guest speakers to share some of the tips to living uh, to for us or for everyone um how to have a better life both living and working in the states so very excited to talk about our background especially our topic for today is just living as an asian american or asian canadian Mm -hmm. so we're just going to dive into the topic and before we do that we kind of want to lay the grounds of what we're going to talk about today and also why we're doing this podcast. Guan, why yeah. are we doing this podcast? Yeah, so back, I think we met about a little bit over a year ago mm-hmm. and we were traveling together and then we were flying out at the same airport but going to different cities. Mm-hmm. And back then, really, you had to fly internationally on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And how do, you, how do you like it? How do you like to travel to the U.S.? And then, why did you pick a project in the U.S.? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I guess our topic for today is living in the U.S. We just want to start off very easy and we're going to transition to bigger and better topics later on with guest speakers. But great question, Guan. 
I think primarily for me, kind of like an outsider, U.S. was, you know, a country full of opportunities. It was, you know, the shiny and pretty globe that I really wanted. So when I first joined the company, I really wanted to strive to work in the U.S. because there was just too much opportunities, too much opportunities compared to Canada.、Um, the pay was better from what I've heard, but that was kind of like shiny things that kind of drew me into the U.S. And even for the past year when I was traveling, that was still something that drew me in. It's just looking at my different counterparts that, you know, earning Canadian is kind of like a hit to the arm because. You don't earn that much,、um, so those were those things. So back to the question to you, Guan. Like, what made you want to go to the U.S. when you were 18? Yeah, so very similar to you. The American sounds like such a shiny, like dreamy bubble. So、um, my mom back in 2007,、uh, she traveled to the California from China, which was a big deal because. There wasn't too much of international traveling, especially to go to a country that far away from the other side of the globe. So, and then she brought me back a lot of pictures where she took at the Disney Disneyland,、mm-hmm. and so I was just so fascinated about all the pictures when I look at it. So, when I graduated from high school, and then I had this opportunity, so my parents had a serious talk with me, asking me where I wanted to go. If I'm interested in pursuing my college in the, the states, so first of all, I thought it was such a cool idea to just to be as far and away as home. So it's just totally being a teenager or just being a young kid. I wanted to be far and as far as possible. Yes. Yeah, and then、um, yeah, and then after I graduated from school, I also wanted to stay just because I wanted to see. What I can do with my own life, and I also want to see where my life take me.、Um, not just moving back to China and then just having a stable job or just just be with where everyone is. So that's amazing. Last reason, I also feel like just very similar to you. I feel like there are better opportunities in terms of work, in terms of、um, have、uh, the lifestyle,、mm-hmm. or also a.、Uh, I see a lot of opportunities here too. Yeah, so it's interesting when we're both talking to each other that the word opportunities comes up. That that's one of the reasons we go to the U.S. is because there's so many opportunities. Did you just not see that many opportunities in China back then? I feel like just based on my experience or talking to my friends who's who has been living in China. Like the work environment, or at least the way how they perceive on the women, especially in the work environment, I feel like、um, in terms of like interview recruiting process or pr- promotion,、um, there are a lot of stereotypes, or there's a lot of、um, typical、uh, typical social expectations on、mm-hmm. women that I feel like it's not applicable, or I don't want to see, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, I feel like yeah. No, hundred percent agree. Like living in Canada, the U.S. is very similar as a country. Although、uh-huh. people have stereotypes in terms of like what Canadians are, it's very similar in culture. That I was born and raised in Vancouver, and I still felt that there's this societal expectation on me as an Asian woman、yeah. to act a certain way. I had to be more quiet. 
and that was the way that women, especially Asian women, is supposed to be, right? Yeah. You're likable if you're quiet. Yeah, you, you have to so, be. Yeah, you yeah, look more submissive. timid, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's not a word we like to use today, like submissive, but it is widely known in Asian culture that we have to, you know, listen to our boss. We can't say anything back to people. Like, right. me growing up, I don't know about you, Guan. I had this one thing my mom would always tell me when I left the house: look both ways across the street. And it was just a simple saying, but uh-huh. it seemed like things people are this this country and especially Vancouver is the safest city in the world. That you know, look both ways across the street because you never know what's going to happen. And I think it's alluding to just Asian has to be more cautious about everything around them. Yeah, exactly. So um, the way how my parents taught me is don't be too. They always feel like I'm too risky. They feel like the best is following a typical track, <laughs> like um, having a stable job, and then having a family, and then just uh, just to do what everyone else do. Exactly. Like we, I think we're in a different generation that we see things different than our parents, and also living in you know North America that our views are different now. And yeah. even going to consulting, I think that's very risky because it never, it doesn't mean that you're going to have, you know, a stable career. You're going to have, you know, a challenging and rewarding career, but it's challenging. So it's very interesting. Um, we'd love to yeah. hear more about like how your parents wanted you to come to the U.S., but also stay on the path of you know this track that they want you to go on to. Also, I feel like.、Um, Because going to study abroad, especially in the U.S., it's、um, it's an honorable thing. When I grew up, I grew up in China.、Mm-hmm. All my friends are Chinese.、Mm-hmm. I never, I have never like talking to or I never make friends with any foreigners or any non-Chinese. So that's definitely something really interesting to you, having this kind of diversity.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then. Question for you is that a very interesting insight. Like you've only interacted with Chinese people in China, and when you came to the U.S., what was your experience interacting with foreigners? Intimidating. Oh, okay. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So I remember the first day I got to school, it was orientation, and then we had to play some kind of card card game.、Um, I had a limited English word that I can say, so it was really intimidating to talk to people, and I feel like I couldn't really express myself correctly,、mm-hmm. or just the, just that I don't know what what are the other people,、um, what 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 other people having in their minds.、Mm-hmm. So just just to feel like a lot of uncertainties. No, but I mean, you've been in the U.S. for ten years now, and. That's crazy, knowing that you know you came to the U.S. with the goal of just being in an uncertain place, just finding out where you are, and learning English. And that's crazy. I didn't know that about you. Like, ten years is not a lot of time to learn a language, and that's you're able to express yourself and work in an environment that our sole language is English, and we emphasize a lot on that. That's amazing. Yeah. So, Millie, how about you? So. Um, I know you speak multiple languages, and then how is the work? How is it like to? I'm sure you're talking to your parents in、mm-hmm. in another language, and then、yes. 
How does it feel like when you have to use multiple languages at home and then in kind of different settings? Yeah, no, that's was a great question. Yeah, yeah it, when I was growing up, I think late English was my first language just because I don't really remember the Chinese aspect of it. But I kind of just nor, like learned Chinese from my parents. So my parents live in an area in China that speaks a different dialect. So、mm-hmm. I had to learn the Hong Kong Chinese. So we call it the Hong Kong Chinese and also their dialect. And growing up, no one wanted to learn Chinese. So I went to Chinese school every Friday. I actually went to China almost every other year as well. So that helped me learn a lot. But I think growing up, I didn't really know I was Chinese. I just knew that I was an individual in a classroom full of other students. But when I grew up, I think I pushed the Chinese aside because I was like, this Chinese side of me is not appreciated enough. And I didn't like, it's not similar to you. I think very early on in my years that I kind of learned about race. When I went to elementary school, I only interacted with a lot of Italians. And there were other Chinese and Asian kids, but I never saw them as race. Maybe I was naive. But when I went to high school, my whole school, about 80% was Chinese.、Mm-hmm. And that kind of shocked me. And I think I got more assimilated to my Asian culture.、Uh-huh. Speaking wise, it's been difficult just because you don't have an opportunity to use it. Like, I, to put perspective, I learned Chinese for 16 years, Mandarin for 12 years,、mm-hmm. but you never really have an opportunity to speak. Um, and I think it's just growing trend over the years that, you know, speaking Mandarin a bit more, speaking Cantonese a bit more.、Um, so I kind of wish I was like, I had the opportunity to learn that language when I was very young. Or like, I think for me, I wish I was actually sent to China、uh-huh. for a few years and then come back. Because I, I remember when I was in grade six, so that was like 13, I actually asked my parents to go to China. Like, can I study in China? Wow. Yeah, so I actually wanted to study in China. I was like, can I go study in China? Of course, they're going to say no because they live in Canada.、Um, but it's, I would say now I appreciate the language much more as you grow up. That's how I feel too. I feel like when I was in school, especially high school, middle school, elementary school, I feel like、um, English is a cool language and I didn't really appreciate any. Other and much of the Chinese, like the poetry or the Chinese literature, until very recently. I feel like, oh, it's actually making some sense to me. Yeah, it's in a weird way, it's beautiful. And、yeah. you don't appreciate I think, like, when you're young, you don't appreciate anything. As you、mm-hmm. get older, you feel like there's this world that you just never looked at, and it was always there. And you、yeah. kind of wished. I think it's also maybe us growing up and fantasizing we want to be something else.、Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. I always had moments where when I was young, I was like, you know what? I, I, I never thought about it. I was like, I wish I was white or I wish I was like this other culture, this other, and never Chinese. I was like, I wish I was Korean, I wish I was Japanese because they all have very unique things.、Mm-hmm. It's not to say Chinese doesn't, it's just I feel like we're not, back then, we weren't really. Unique. We we were just one in a billion in a way. It's, I think that's changed definitely. Like, it's very interesting to hear your story how you came to the US and we both had that like opportunities in our mind.、Um, but 
from 10 or 12 years ago from living in the U.S., has it been different for you? Like, has things changed and you saw things progressing or just things not progressing and taking a step back? Yeah, so I wanted to go back to one of the points you brought up earlier about the race. Mm -hmm. So to me, because I grew up in China, there was only one race, Chinese, and then all my friends have very similar um, life experience Mm -hmm. up to 18 year old. We all went to school and then went back home. That's all, like simple, very straightforward. Um, And then I never had the concept of race in my mind until I came here. So now I realize there are different races Mm -hmm. and people actually having a very different life. Um, not not re- not related to race, but mm-hmm. just how they grew up. Um, yeah. Different people lived in different countries and they have different perspectives. And so initially I thought it was it was a cool concept though. It's mm-hmm. it's a diversity. And later on, um, maybe probably when I when I started working and I see some of the like some of the advantage or disadvantage that's associated to the your appearance or your look mm-hmm. or your educational background. That's how made me made me feel like the race could be a good and it could be also be a bad thing. Um, so I know that one of our topics in the future is about the workplace, but I yeah. kind of want to dive in, into it right now. Like, what do you mean that some cultures are disadvantaged and what did you see? Because you definitely have more experience in the workplace. I can share mine from the company that we both work at. I joined uh, right after graduation. So I have a view on that, but I would love to hear like, what did you see through the workplace that race was a disadvantage? an advantage yeah so just a brief preview because i know we wanted to do deep dive on this topic later on or just uh, based on how other people you work with perceive you um like the unconscious bias they had um when the first time they 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 saw your resume or the first time they hop on the phone with you um, they, they they may just putting you into this kind of um, the like framework, bucket, right? Yeah, yeah, the bucket, and it's really hard to change once they put you into this bucket. Um, it could be good and bad. Um, so, like a lot of times, Asian Americans are perceived as hardworking. Um, they do a lot of dirty jobs, or they can get things done, but. Um, they are, they're also the quiet ones. And how can you get promoted when it's about the time or you feel like a lot of people who get promoted are not as qualified as you are or you feel like you have more experience with them uh, than them. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's something we can talk more and I feel like um, we can share stories on this. Yeah. On this end. I think we have vastly different but similar stories. like. There's always stories that overlap and have similarities mm-hmm. that you never knew that can just happen to another person. So I think we're going to dive into more of that. During COVID, we just thought, hey, you know, with everything going on, with just talking about race, with, you know, the protests happening, with COVID happening, staying at home, we wanted yeah. to talk about this in a more secure way. 
And that's why me and Juan are doing this podcast because we want to explore a little bit more about our race, but also different topics that come with it. So I'm hoping you enjoyed this first podcast and Guan and I are going to sign off, but we're very excited to continue this. More to come. Should I? Yes. <laughs>